the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. So let's say a brother or sister in Christ does sin against you personally, and it's a significant enough sin that it needs to be addressed. Here's the first step in the process. Step one, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Underline that word alone in your Bible. You go to that brother or sister in Christ privately. You don't tell all your friends what that person did. If you have siblings, then you understand what it's like to get into a disagreement. Your parents will get involved to help keep the peace in your family, and the conflict usually goes away. Like your siblings, brothers and sisters in Christ can sometimes get into disagreements too. But it's not as complicated as it's made out to be. For starters, if you have a dispute with a brother in Christ, how do you deal with it? Today, Pastor Dan gives you advice straight from the Bible on how to approach and deal with conflicts. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew 18, Matthew 18, beginning in verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And then Peter came to him and said, well, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. That servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And then the master of that servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him of his debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. And so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not, 
But he went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. And so when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Lord, we thank you for your word today. As always, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be our teacher. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, in verses 15 to 19, Jesus gives us the prescription for dealing with a sinning brother or sister in Christ. Uh, This is the biblical process to properly confront and deal with sin between two believers. And and Jesus lays out here a four-step process to deal with sin. Now, this does not mean that we should enter into this process every single time that someone sins. Or that we should confront people over every tiny infraction. Who would want to go to a church like that, right? Where every single sin is confronted. Not me. You know, in Proverbs 19, verse 11, it says, It's to your glory to overlook a transgression. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Above all, let each uh, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You know, love just covers over sins. And so before I confront someone about their sin, I want to take into consideration the person who has sinned, take into consideration uh, their character, take into consideration their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, their relationship with the body of Christ, what I know about them personally, what I know about their character personally. I also want to consider, of course, the nature of the offense and the severity of the offense. And in most cases, I can extend grace to them. And I don't need to say anything to them at all and allow love to just cover their sin. But when the sin is severe, or the sin brings hurt or harm, and the person needs to be confronted, this is the biblical way to do it. In verse 15, again, Jesus says, Moreover, If your brother sins against you. Now, stop right there and give me your attention. The first thing that we need to note here is that this process is for two Christians. If a brother or sister sins against you. So this is a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ who sins against a fellow believer. This is how sin should be handled within the family of God. How we resolve conflict and wrongdoing in the body of Christ is very different from how the world resolves conflict. It's very different from how the world deals with wrongdoing. And sadly, today, many Christians use worldly methods to address conflict within the church and not biblical methods that honor God. Now, before you enter into this four-step process, There's a couple questions you should answer. Number one, and this is important. Number one, 
Is what the brother or sister in Christ did sin? Is it sin? Did they violate God's word in some way? Did they sin? Or did they do something you just don't like? Did they do something you disagree with? Did they handle something in a way that you don't think is the best way to handle that? And in fact, you think the way they handled it is a terrible way to handle it. And maybe it was terrible. Maybe they totally mishandled it. But was it sin? Was it sin? Is it sin or is it a disagreement? Is it sin or differing opinions? If it's a matter of differing opinions, well, then you can express your opinion to them, but then you need to accept their decision or move on. There's no process that you need to go through with that person. There's no four steps that you need to walk through with that person. In the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement over whether to take John Mark with them on their second missionary journey. Barnabas wanted to bring John Mark with them. Paul did not. In fact, in Acts chapter 15, verse 38, it says Paul did not think it was wise to take him. And they had this sharp disagreement over bringing John Mark on this mission trip. And they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took John Mark and went to Cyprus. Paul took Silas and went to Syria. Paul and Barnabas disagreed over the ministry and they parted company over the disagreement. But there wasn't sin involved. They just disagreed over how the ministry should be handled. And so there wasn't a process that was needed to walk through. And so the first question we should answer is, did that person sin? Or did we just disagree with what they did? The next question we should answer is, did they sin against me personally? Did they sin against me personally? Look at verse 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you. Did they sin against you personally? If they didn't sin against you personally, then it's none of your business, right? You're not involved in this. It's not your business. You can pray for those that are involved in it, but you're not involved in it. It doesn't involve you. So let's say a brother or sister in Christ does sin against you personally, and it's a significant enough sin that it needs to be addressed. Here's the first step in the process. Step one, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Underline that word alone in your Bible. You go to that brother or sister in Christ privately. You don't tell all your friends what that person did. You don't send out an email to a bunch of people chronicling the sin that was committed against you and asking for their feedback. And what do you think? You don't post something on social media. The world does that. That's how the world handles it. But that's not how God's people handle conflict. You go directly to the person who sinned against you and you speak to them privately about their sin. Jesus deals with our sins privately, doesn't he? Aren't you glad that every time you sin, Jesus handles it privately with you? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't have a YouTube channel? Aren't you glad he doesn't post videos about you on YouTube exposing you and your failures? 
This is the biblical way of confronting a sinning brother or sister in Christ. You go to him alone. You keep it private, not public. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. You go to that person privately with a spirit of gentleness and humility, considering yourself, Paul says. I'm just as much of a sinner as that person who sinned against me. I'm just as capable of committing the same sin against another person. I'm no better. How would I want someone to confront me about my sin? We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Well, I would want someone to be gentle and compassionate when confronting me. Jesus said, do to others as you would have them do to you. And the goal of the process is restoration. Restoration. Paul said, restore such a one with a spirit of gentleness. The goal of this process is is restoration. It's not to tell the person off. It's not to unload on them or to tell them how terrible of a person you think they are. The goal is not to win the argument or to prove that you're right and they're wrong or to make them feel terrible or to make them cry. The goal is restoration. I want to see my relationship with that brother or sister in Christ restored. I want to see their relationship restored with the body of Christ. And most of all, I want to see their relationship with Jesus Christ restored. That's my goal. If that's not my goal, well, then I'm in sin. Now look at the end of verse 15. If he hears you, well, then you've gained your brother. Your relationship with that brother is restored. Praise the Lord. That was the goal. But if he will not hear you, then what do you do? Well, if he will not hear you, then you start a blog. That's what you do, right? You go on Wix, you slap up a website, you start laying out all of your complaints about this. You invite others to share their grievances in the comments section, right? That's what the world does. That's how the world handles it. The world likes to expose people and their failures. But that should not be so among followers of Jesus Christ. That should not be so among followers of Jesus Christ. We should never handle conflict the way that the world does. And don't forget that Jesus Christ died on the cross for that person that sinned against you. Don't forget that that person is part of the bride of Christ. That's his bride you're talking about. That's his bride you're blogging about. 
You don't want to expose the failures of the bride of Christ that he purchased with his own blood. And also don't forget that one day you're going to stand face to face with Jesus Christ. And you're going to have to answer for exposing the failures of his bride. That's a conversation I never want to have. Not just with Jesus, but with any man. And so that's not what Christians should do. Look at verse 16. If they won't hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So this is step number two. Step number two, if they don't hear you when you go to them one-on-one alone, privately, you take one or two more believers with you and you confront that brother or sister a second time about their sin. And this fulfills the principle in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So in step two, you and one or two fellow believers sit down with that sinning brother or sister, and with humility, you confront them again a second time about their sin. And and, and remember, this is in a local church congregation. These are people who know each other, that love each other, that fellowship together. This is a family meeting. And your goal is restoration here, to restore relationships. And I would add to this, whenever you do this, you want to reprove the sinning person with Scripture. Not your words or thoughts about their actions, but share what the Bible says about their actions. On a couple of occasions, I've actually printed out a list of verses addressing their sin and gone through the verses together with them, and then given them the list of verses to take with them, so they can meditate on them on their own time. It's important that you confront them with the word of God and not your words, because your words will return void. God's word never returns void. Now, if that brother or sister in Christ still refuses to repent of their sin, and seek forgiveness and restoration in the relationships, then the third step is you tell it to the church. Verse 17. If he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. So this is the third step. Tell it to the church. With a larger church, that would mean you go to the leadership of the church, to the pastors and the elders, and make them aware of the situation. Then the pastor and or the elders step in and they meet with that person. And if the person still refuses to acknowledge their sin and seek reconciliation, well, then Jesus says in verse 17, let him be to you as a heathen and a tax collector. Now, heathen and tax collector were common titles in that day for people who are consciously rebelling against God. People who are consciously rebelling against God. Tax collectors, for example, uh, they were forbidden from entering the synagogue or the temple in Jerusalem. They were excommunicated from Judaism because they were tax collectors. So when someone became a tax collector, they were making a conscious choice to be cut off from God, cut off from worship, cut off from fellowship with others. So the fourth step in the process is the sinning brother or sister must be put out of the church. They're disfellowshipped. And really, the sin they are disfellowshipped for is the hardness of heart toward God. They are consciously rebelling against God at this point. And so you put them out. 
and you put them out of the church for two reasons. It's done to turn them over to their sin in the hope that they will get sick of their sin in the hope that they will miss the fellowship and the worship more than they love their rebellion and want to come back. It's also done to protect the congregation. To protect the congregation. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians that a little leaven leavens the whole lump. It's necessary to remove this person from the congregation so that his rebellion against God doesn't influence others in the congregation. And that spirit of rebellion begins to spread in the church. And you end up with a very rebellious, carnal church that is not willing to come under the authority of God's word. And then once that person is disfellowshipped, the congregation should have no contact with them until he repents or she repents. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. Second Thessalonians 3, 14, Paul says, If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that person so as not to associate with him, so that he will be put to shame. So you don't associate with them at all. They're completely cut off from fellowship. So this is the four-step process that Jesus prescribes for dealing with a sinning brother or sister in Christ. Now, there are special circumstances. There are special circumstances when you would not go through this four-step process, you would jump right to step number four and disfellowship someone without going through step one, step two, step three. You just go straight to step four. And that would be when someone is a potential danger to the fellowship, either spiritually or physically. Uh, We see an example of this with the church in Corinth and 1 Corinthians. There was a man who was a member of the church who was openly involved in sexual immorality. And everyone in the congregation was aware of his sexual immorality. And everyone accepted it and actually celebrated his sin. And Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you are so proud of yourselves for accepting this guy with all of his open sin. But you should be mourning and sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship in the name of the Lord Jesus. You must call a meeting of the church I will be present with you in spirit, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day the Lord returns. Paul says with this guy, hey, forget steps one, two, and three. Go straight to step four. Call a meeting today. Throw the guy out of the church. And the reason is that man's presence in the church was leading the whole congregation into compromise and sin. And so put him out of the church as quickly as possible. And so sometimes for the health and protection of the congregation, uh, you disfellowship someone without going through this process. You go directly to step number four. You know, you do not pass go, you know, kind of thing. You go straight to step number four. And so I thought we'd do that today. I'm just kidding. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Huh? You'd never forget this Sunday. But you know, fortunately, over the years, uh, we haven't had to go through this process very many times, this four-step process. We have gone through the one-step process maybe two times in all of the years of the church, maybe three times. The Lord, by His grace, has protected our congregation through all the years. 
When you do go through this whole process of confronting someone about their sin, it's a very unpleasant process. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on for Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.